Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Jason Kong. Pleasure of being here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today? Ah, good morning, Jason. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing uh, fantastic. Life is pretty good. I cannot complain, sir. Well, you know, we have to give thanks for every day we get. <laughs> That's the right perspective to have. And, you know, Bill, starting out today, we're going to talk about a, a, a friend of yours who unfortunately doesn't have that sentiment, but maybe it can be a learning lesson for some other folks. Well, yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll just share that I, I, uh, this week I lost uh, a, an old friend. He was having issues, but we didn't really know that he was unhealthy, and he was my age, 70 years old. Um, and uh, the, the, the good news for him was that he, along, he, his wife, his brother, his brother's wife, his children, and their, their wives, they all had a really nice dinner together. Uh, and then that same night, he was planning to get a shower, but he went back to his bedroom, didn't feel particularly good, and laid down and died. And so... If you have to die, I guess that's not a bad way to go. Uh, you know, certainly better than suffering, and certainly uh, having had a uh, very nice evening with his family. I mean, he didn't realize that he was saying goodbye. Uh, but, you know, truthfully, that's a good thing, too. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, the the. There are a number of things to talk about as it relates uh, to that. Obviously, 70 is pretty young, uh, and in his case, uh, uh, while he had a few issues, but I don't think anybody uh, would have thought that, um, uh, that he had any kind of issue that would take his life. And... So the, the fact is, is that these kinds of things can happen uh, at any time, unexpectedly. I mean, more often than not, we think of car accidents and plane crashes and, and horrible things like that um, that would take a life early. And of course, um, uh, the, the, it's important to realize that um, better planning is important because one of the problems for all of us when it comes to doing things that we don't really want to do is procrastination. And when it comes to estate planning, uh, people are really good at procrastinating. <laughs> but what I, you know, and there is an aspect of estate planning that actually is death planning. In other words, how do we want to leave our property to our spouse and our children and our grandchildren? And it's not, at least from my perspective, more often than not, it's really not about just here it is, take it, and, and move on with it. Um, and a lot of folks don't realize that how important uh, a will or a trust can be because if you don't have one, the state has one that's not going to be what you want, but they have one called intestacy or intestate succession, um, where the, your property is distributed outright to family members um, unless you have provided otherwise. Uh, and and so the you know the first thing that uh, my friend's death. 
uh, tells us is that, number one, uh, we need to give thanks for every day we get to enjoy life and to realize that it can be taken away from us at any time. And uh, for the great majority of us, uh, we uh, have no clue <laughs> when that's going to happen. You know, there are some folks who unfortunately know their life uh, will be shortened because of some dreaded disease that uh, they have no idea how they might have contracted it or why or anything. And there is no why. It's just a matter of it's unfortunate. But those folks certainly have a sense of that, you know, that they have a certain period of time to live and then then it'll be gone. But most of us don't. And, it, you know, there's... Frankly, there are a lot of folks that die early, uh, even though that is terrible planning. Because in planning, you really truly need, I mean, the worst assumption you can make is that you'll die early. Uh, I mean, the best example of that was my mother, who's lost her own mother when uh, my mother was a very young child, and her mother was in her late uh, 20s when she died unexpectedly. So my mother was raised by her uh, her grandmother and her great aunt who lived with her uh, grandmother. And, uh, you know, when, when I was a young child, my, my mother was like planning her death because she knew she was going to die early. <laughs> you know, and she lived to be 92. So she lived a wonderful uh, life. And so it's it's kind of thing where that kind of planning uh, is uh, can be pretty silly, but you know, obviously, you got to put some sort of business, uh, make some assumptions like you would with a business in terms of how to do your planning. And you, and for any type of plan, it, you need to assume that you're going to live longer than expected rather than shorter than expected. But there's another reason that I want to bring my, up my friend's death. He left his wife in a lurch, and that's terrible. But uh, he was he was a control freak. In fact, the truth is, he had some mental health issues. He was paranoid, uh, but he controlled everything. And so he was secret about uh, all of their finances. So at this point, his wife has no clue where anything is, where. The money is, if there is any money, she doesn't know. She doesn't know what their income is. Uh, she base, she has no clue what his usernames or passwords. She knows of one bank that he used, but otherwise she has no clue. And that's, that's a horrible place for a widow or a widower to be when they lose their spouse. It is so important for us to uh, make sure that our spouse knows where we keep our passwords, our usernames, um, knows what you know, banks and investment advisors and the like. And the good news is that most couples know that. But the same is true for single folks. They, they need to make sure that there is somebody in their life, whether it's a child or whether it's a friend, but somebody who, who knows where that information is. It's not like you have to necessarily give it to them, 
uh, but you, you know, because like I said, it's you, you you don't know when you're going to need that information. But it's the kind of thing where a trusted person does need to know where to look to find it. Uh, the, I mean, my friend's death put his wife in the worst situation you could possibly be in. Now, uh, for what it's worth, there is... Uh, um, now, you can't make up for the fact that he was secretive, he was paranoid, and he was a control freak. That is one of the, the worst thing that seniors can be for their family. But there's another piece of it in the planning uh, other than what you do, and that is what we prepare is called a digital release. And that is an important estate planning document today because most of our important information is held digitally today by the bank, our investment advisors. Some people would even consider their Facebook page uh, important. And the digital release lets your trusted agent uh, use your username and passwords uh, so that they can pay your bills and, and do the planning that needs to be done when you can't. It's not necessarily because of your death. It could be because of disability. One thing I've always talked about in terms of estate planning, most of the planning that you do is life planning. It's not death planning. But, of course, the death part is, un is an important aspect of it as well. So uh, I wanted uh, folks to know, because most of my clients, when we prepare a digital release, it's like, what's that? We've, we've never heard of this before. But it, it is an important and becoming more and more important for each of us. It is becoming more important as so much of our uh, transactions and banking is done online. And being able to get access to those accounts is very key, as you found out. And, Bill, we're, we're very sorry to hear of the passing of your friend. But, um, you know, hopefully this can be a, a learning lesson for those of us who maybe haven't taken that step of planning and thinking forward about making some of these uh, decisions when it comes to estate planning. If you need to schedule an appointment with Bill, maybe you need a digital release, head on over to WGALaw.com. You can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill wgalaw.com that's bill's website that's the best way to schedule an appointment to speak with him that's where you can also register for bill's webinars happening on wednesday december 8th you got plenty of time to register if you're interested in learning about the subjects of long-term care assistance as well as the subject of asset protection and trust planning those are the two webinars that bill puts on they're both free to attend it's free to register head on over to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more wgalaw.com click on the seminars button or if you prefer to call the office that phone number is 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 taking a short break but we'll be right back this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we will be right back listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with 
Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bill. We were just talking about um, the unfortunate and sudden passing of a friend of yours who, um, because of a lack of planning and communication, kind of left his wife in a lurch in terms of knowing knowing everything essentially well that's exactly right and and jason my my emphasis here is that all of us no matter our status married single age doesn't matter uh we need to have a trusted person who knows where things are you know what what bills need to be paid what you know what's where are the accounts what are the usernames and passwords they need to give that trusted person uh, a digital release. Now, for most folks who are married, that's an easy thing. It's the spouse or it's one of your children. But not everybody has that. Not everybody's married, you know, those kind of things. Uh, but it's very difficult when a person dies or becomes incompetent if that information has not been shared. You know, 30 years ago, you, we could wait a month and we'd get all the statements in the mail uh, you know, from your bank and investment advisor. Worst case, you'd get a statement every quarter. So you might have to wait six weeks or eight weeks to get those quarterly statements, uh, depending on, you know, those kind of things. But the fact is that it was not hard to determine uh, what people had. Even if they had CDs all over the country, you could figure that out pretty fast. Today, Without digital access, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, your family won't be able to find what you have. That's one of the reasons I tell my senior clients to simplify. You know, to pair. If you have three banks, pair it down to one. If you have, you know, three investment advisors, you know, pick the best one and pair it down. You know, those kinds of things because. Uh, simplifying things later in life uh, helps you keep control and it also helps your family come behind you when it, because of your disability or death and and so that is so so Im important but as important as it is to have a trusted person with the important knowledge uh, if you flip that coin, it's just as important to keep the bad guys out of that information. And, of course, that's becoming a bigger problem each day. There are hackers out there that uh, want that digital information to steal from you. Um, and um, and they're pretty damn good, excuse my language, at what they do. And, of course, this is becoming uh, an issue for wealthy families. It's it is an issue for businesses, even small businesses, because the larger businesses, uh, while they get hacked as well, they tend to have better security. Uh, they tend to have better backup and the like. Uh, so smaller businesses are, are being targeted as well. And uh, so, obviously, uh, protocols that you need to put in place um, are extremely important. And I'm not an expert on it, although we have uh, that. Um, but one of the reasons that I wanted to bring it up is because uh, cyber insurance policies are becoming more prevalent. I know that my, my malpractice 
uh, carrier for my law firm offers um, a cyber insurance uh, rider, and it's expensive. And so one of the thing, one of the lessons learned is the fact that there are a number of companies out there that, that give cyber insurance riders. And what I want folks to know is don't buy cyber insurance from several different sources uh, because they will cancel each other out. And you may not get coverage from anybody if you have two or three cyber policies. You need to have one cyber policy for your uh, either for your family or your business uh, but not two or three that can be uh, harmful for you actually and at least uh, from my colleagues I, I can say that there's one insurance company that offers a fairly reasonable policy I have nothing to do with it this is just from advice from some advanced planning colleagues of mine uh, that um, the uh, one place to get that type is Cincinnati Insurance. They, they, Cincinnati Insurance offers um, a cyber insurance policy at, at a fairly reasonable uh, rate. And um, so it's the kind of thing where you may want to check them out. Uh, but the real key is have one policy that covers what you need uh, because otherwise you're wasting your money. <laughs> making sure that you're not wasting money is always important there. And, you know, making sure that we're taking the steps to plan, of course, is always essential. Don't forget, Bill's webinars are happening on Wednesday, December 8th. If you would like to register for the last set of webinars for the year, you can do that by going to WGALaw.com and clicking on the seminars button at the top of the page. Bill's webinars cover the subjects of long-term care assistance. This is how you know middle-class families can get assistance via Medicaid for long-term care issues. See if you are eligible. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button to register for free. You can also learn more about asset protection and trust planning by going to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button. Again, this is happening Wednesday, December 8th. If you want to call the office to register, you can do that as well. It's free to do so. 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Find more information about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, before we get into our discussion here about high wealth families, I want to ask you how everything went with the webinars this past Wednesday. Oh, you know, I, I love doing those uh, webinars. It's a fun opportunity to teach people as much as I can teach them about two very important topics. And, of course, the uh, first, the morning webinar is on government assistance for long-term care planning. 
And that one is so important to a lot of our middle-class families because uh, there are very few families that can actually afford the care without help. Um, you know, when you realize that long-term care is needed for uh, more than half of us. I mean, you can look at the statistics, but the statistics are not promising. I mean, the, the, uh, the best statistics for us not to have a long-term care crisis is about 50-50. And the percentage for a married couple that it's about 80% that one of the two will have a long-term care crisis. So the fact is it's more likely than not that you will have a long-term care crisis and it will be very, very expensive. So the, the, the other truth is the fact that very few families have long-term care insurance. Well, the fact is I don't know of any other problem where your risk of needing the insurance is as high. You know, folks have fire insurance or homeowner's insurance that covers catastrophic fires or little fires or whatever, uh, and flooding and all of these things like that. But the risk of actually having a catastrophe relating to your home, and everybody pays for that insurance if they have a home, um, you're, you're being ripped off because the, uh, no matter how you cut it, the risk of loss is about one one-hundredth of a percent, but you're paying thousands of dollars for homeowner's insurance, um, partially because your mortgage company requires it, and partially because uh, your spouse would not uh, let you not insure uh, <laughs> your home just uh, because nobody wants to lose their home. But the fact is, is that the, the risk of having a long-term care crisis is so high. And then the cost of care for most people can be anywhere between $5,000 a month and $25,000 a month, depending on, you know, if they're trying to be cared for at home, it's more expensive. If they're in a institutional setting, unfortunately, whether it's assisted living or nursing home, uh, it's less expensive, but it's still outrageously high. So yeah, that's important for folks to know when and how they can get long-term care assistance. And of course, the other piece is the afternoon, which we go into asset protection, which is important not only for middle-class families, but it's also important for higher wealth families as well, because there's so many things that you can actually do to help protect your resources. It's virtually impossible to protect everything, but we go into the nuances of asset protection, what things you have already that are protected, whether you know it or not, as well as how trusts can be used to help protect your assets. And if, if it, you can also use a trust, and the most common asset protection we do actually is where we don't necessarily protect your property, but when it passes to your spouse or your children, it is then protected uh, as long as you do the planning properly and that the trust document is properly done as well. 
then that can give folks uh, extremely good asset protection. And there are other things that you can do. I mean, because I consider anything that we do, including tax planning, whether it's income tax planning or estate tax planning, if you can pay less in taxes, that's good asset protection planning. The more you can keep, the better. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It is simple, and you know it's a step that we can all take. And if you want to learn more, you want to register and attend Bill's next session happening on Wednesday, December 8th, just head over to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button to register. These are free to attend. It's free to register. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that Seminars button at the top of the page. Okay, Bill, our high-wealth families need to know something. What do they need to know? Well, Last week, at the very end of, of our session, I was uh, talking about uh, what has scared a lot of families over the last couple years, and that is uh, the fact that it is likely, uh, sooner than later, that the estate tax exemption will be reduced significantly. Today, our exemption is $11.7 million. And um, uh, so what that means to most, now that's per person. That means for a married couple, you have double $11.7 million that you can leave your children with no estate tax. And so uh, almost all of the advanced planners, uh, we've all assumed for the last uh, two years that the likelihood of the exemption being cut back down to something under $6 million per person was extremely high. So, and we're still worried about it, all right? So that's, um, now, um, the, the, there is another reason that we believe that, and, and the fact is is that the, the Tax Reduction Act that was passed several years ago uh, has a sunset provision in it that starts January 1, 2026. So, the, frankly, what's in the law today is that if nothing is done with taxes between now and then, all of our personal tax reductions that took place a few years ago, we will lose them. And so the tax rates will go back up. It's already in the law. It was put in the law several years ago when the tax reduction was passed. And the reason it was put there was because at that time, and that was pre-pandemic times, um, Congress uh, felt certain that the tax reduction was not sustainable. In other words, it was <laughs> you could only do it for a short period of time before the taxes actually had to go back up. And so that was written into the law. Um, uh, th now, they, they did not sunset the provisions for corporations. In other words, the tax law actually favored corporations more than it did individuals. It was just a, uh, and now, so with that said, the assumption has been that the, the exemption rate would be lowered prior to 2026, and most of us thought that it would occur in the Tax Act that is moving through Congress right now. And what I said last week was the fact 
that the tax act that is that is in legislation it's legislative sausage at this point we don't know exactly what's going to be put into the sausage but our best information right now is that for this coming year there is no change in the exemptions and that's the estate tax exemption and of course a lot of folks but other than the state planners don't realize it but that also includes the gift tax exemption which is the same amount 11.7 million and the generation skipping exemption which is the same amount 11.7 million so uh the fact is is that most of us have been working extremely hard creating irrevocable trusts for this year to take advantage of the very high exemptions that exist today uh, so that completed gifts could be made uh, so that our children could avoid uh, a much higher uh, estate tax than what they would. In other words, if you can take you know $23 million off the books, that's sort of a no-brainer and saves those families in that wealth category millions of dollars in in excess estate tax, if you will. So because, to our great surprise, there's nothing in the law right now that decreases those exemptions, then the question is, uh, should you go ahead and create these trusts? And if you do, should you go ahead and fund them? Well, all of us are worried that Congress will will put these lowered exemptions into the law at the last minute. Uh, so it gives us a scare. So what I am telling most of my clients, not all, because every everybody's every family's different in terms of what their needs are, but for most of us, where we we were doing these irrevocable trusts to use our gift tax exemption to give our children a reduced estate tax. What I'm recommending is that we create the trust, but we don't fund it. In other words, we don't transfer money in it. We don't make that big gift that's taxable for gift tax uh, until we know for sure what's going to be in this legislative sausage. That's the safest, most conservative approach is to create the trust, but not fund it. Now, I know I've gone on too long, so I want to explain the difference when we come back. We will do just that. And if you need to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill to get some of your planning done, please go to WGALaw.com to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Or if you're interested in the webinars that we mentioned earlier, the next set is happening on Wednesday, December 8th. You can register by going to WGALaw.com. Dot com and clicking on the seminars button at the top of the page. WGALaw.com is the website to go to. If you want to phone, if you want to call the office, that phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back.
This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, you have a message for our high wealth families, and that is to create an irrevocable trust, but don't, don't quite fund it just yet. Well, there are other reasons for creating these trusts, too, other than for high-wealth families. So don't limit this. So if folks stay with me in this segment, that it, then I, we're going to make you tax planners. But some uh, part of it, it's like, why do you create this trust and then not gift money into it? Well, you want it to be a completed gift. And what that means is it is out of your estate. And you, you have to file a gift tax and whatever you uh, you have to you don't have to pay tax with your gift tax return, but you do have to use your exemption. And when you use your exemption, it lowers your estate exemption that, that which is the exemption at your death uh, by the same amount that you have uh, claimed on your gift tax return. So now why are those dynamics important? Well, if it's out of your estate and you have a taxable estate for estate tax purposes, you have saved your children. You don't, you're not doing this for your spouse because there is no estate tax for your spouse. You're doing this for your children and grandchildren, okay? So the estate tax today is 40% with an $11.7 million exemption. So we are talking about high wealth. However, in 2026, it comes back down to under $6 million by law. So that's another piece of this pie. But if you don't fund your trust because the exemption does not come down, so you still have this big exemption, you don't expect any estate tax at all for your estate, which is where most of us are, of course. That's 99.9% of us then if we don't have any estate tax, then we get what's called a step-up in income tax basis at our death. And what that means is that our appreciated property gets a new tax basis. And that tax basis is the fair market value of that property at our death. So to explain that in simple terms, let's say... I bought uh, some shares of Microsoft stock, you know, 20 years ago, and I paid $100 a share for that stock. And today, those uh, those shares that I bought 20 years ago is worth $1,000 a share instead of $100. Well, I've had $900 of appreciation. So if I give that property to my trust, just like if I gave it outright to a child, they take my current tax basis, which is $100, okay? So if they sell that, if I, after I've given it to them, if, I, if they sell that share, they would pay capital gains tax on $900. That's the appreciation, the difference between the value of what you sell it for and what we paid for it years and years ago. Okay, now, if I keep all of that Microsoft stock until my death and my children or my spouse inherits it through my will or trust, they get a step up in income tax basis to the fair market value at the date of my death. 
So if it's worth $1,000 at my death, then they get a stepped-up basis. So now their inherited basis on those shares is $1,000. So if now they sell those shares of stock, then they pay no income tax because their basis is the same amount as what the property is worth. Now, this example applies to all of your property. It applies to your real estate. It applies to anything that you own at your death that would be includable in your estate. But if you've put it into one of these irrevocable trusts where it's a completed gift, then it's then the trust takes your current basis and you don't get the benefit of step up. But now, if I take this to the next levels, there are a lot of folks that don't understand what generation skipping and dynasty trust is. Well, there are a lot of what I, I call well-to-do but not rich clients that like the, the ability to um, leave their property that would go from one generation to the next where it never goes back through the estate tax again. Because that can save families a lot of money over many generations. Well, that's a dynasty trust, and you're using your generation-skipping exemption to create a trust that can benefit multiple generations. But what do you lose? You lose the step-up in income tax basis at each generation. So we, and when we do our planning, we actually put a toggle in our trust so that each generation can either take advantage of the step up or the dynasty trust provision where it bypasses the estate tax and goes to the next generation when it's generation skipping exempt. Now, I may have lost a few folks in the, on that one, but hopefully most, most folks would get it. I tried to keep it simple. Uh, but that's the reason that we are worried about what Congress is doing right now. And to help those, you know, ultra-wealthy families, then, you know, creating a trust but not funding it at, at, at this year until or unless we know that the exemption is going to be lowered is a smart thing to do. We will all have to stay tuned. And I'm sure that if you want to learn more about uh, trusts and asset protection, the best way to do that is to register for Bill's free webinar happening on Wednesday, December 8th. The afternoon session is the one that covers asset protection and trust planning. So if this segment has uh, got your mind turning a little bit, then that's a wonderful opportunity for you to learn more from Bill for free. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button button at the top of the page. And if you're also interested in learning more about long-term care assistance and financial aid that may be available for middle-class families, be sure to go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button as well. The morning session is the one that deals with long-term care assistance. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him online at WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, before we head out today, you wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the VA. Well, and I'm talking about veterans' benefits. And a lot of folks don't realize it, but when it comes to the benefits that is that are offered by the VA, uh, the VA doesn't write to people and say, oh, by the way, we have this benefit, you need to apply for it. No. In fact, if anything, they're secretive about their rules and how they work. And and uh, frankly, the VA is set, unfortunately set up for veterans uh, to be denied rather than for their claims uh, to be approved. And that's a sad thing. And I want to mention uh, a couple new things that are so important to one segment of the veteran community. And I, I'll, I am a VA-accredited attorney. Now, I'm also a veteran myself. I was a JAG. <laughs> now, not that they taught us anything about VA benefits when we were in service, but it's, it's a, uh, something that's close to my heart to help folks. And this is a benefit that I don't actually need to help clients with because we have a number of different groups that are authorized to help families with, uh, and we encourage people to use those very qualified uh, groups um, to help you. Uh, now, we do help clients with what's called a pension with aid and attendance claim because uh, a lot of the groups don't do those very well, uh, and so we feel like we need to get involved in those claims. But these other claims, there are others pretty good. In fact, there's even a North Carolina state agency where their um, mantra is to help veterans with their claims. And the majority of claims that those folks help is to increase the disability rating for veterans uh, who have what's called an in-service connected disability. Now, you'll know if you have an in-service connected disability or you'll know if a family member does because they re these folks uh, receive a check from the VA uh, uh, that's not taxable. They receive a check every month from the VA. Now, for some folks, it's a very small amount because there's a 10% disability, but it increases with the amount of the check increases. And one of the nice things about for our veterans who have a disability from service-connected uh, disability is they all that gives them immediate access to the VA medical uh, group. In other words, the VA hospital and clinics and and uh, drugs are provided by the VA for all of our veterans who have a disability rating. So that's pretty important now. One of the things that I want to make sure that folks know, most of the veterans already know that if they have a 50% disability, that all of their medical care, anything that they need, is actually covered by the VA. Uh, and sometimes, I mean, I had a, a client recently who, under an emergency, uh, was sent to a local hospital uh, not a VA hospital, uh, but because the veteran was 50% disabled, uh, the VA actually covered the bill 
uh, at the private hospital. So, I mean, those, that's important. Now, what I'm trying to get to are those veterans who are 70% disabled or above. Okay, so what are the two things there? Number one, if you need nursing care, the VA will pay for it in your local community. They have contracts in every county, and that's really important. An awful lot of veterans don't know that. And the new benefit is the fact that the VA has what's called a family caregiver's benefit. So if you are disabled, you, you're, if your spouse is taking care of you, there's a benefit of up to $2,800 a month. If your child is, there's some other rules, but it's so important for those folks to know that this new benefit exists and how important it is. Bill, thanks for spreading the word. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about Bill's webinars, be sure to go to WGALaw.com or call the office 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend.